Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am Precious D. And I'm Honeybee. And today we are taking a look at 20 million miles to Earth. Dun, dun, dun. This is another Ray Harryhausen joint. Yes, it is. 20 million miles to Earth, 1957, black and white, 83 minutes. Directed by Nathan Joran, Warren, Harren. <laughs> don't know how he pronounces that name starring william hopper who was later on perry mason joan taylor who co-wrote fools rush in oh. which is my sister Amanda's favorite movie and frank oh, paglia they filmed this in rome because harryhausen wanted to take a vacation there Oh, all right. Well, and they wanted to film it in color, but the budget was too small. Maybe if they hadn't gone to Rome, <laughs> it could have been in color. The working title was The Giant Emir, and it has also been called Beast from Space. They abandoned that working title and cut any references to The Giant Emir from the final product. Uh, the Giant Emir is a figure from Norse mythology. Okay. That is all I know about him. This title doesn't make any sense to me. Tell me. I was going to see if you checked and saw how many miles it was to Venus. Yes, I did. I have this. I have it somewhere. I knew you would. (laughs) Uh, At its closest, I think it is farther than 20 million miles. I think it is 38 million at its closest. Oh. I know I checked out. The number 20 just sounds good, right? Apparently. We do... The beast from 20,000 fathoms, 20,000 leagues under the sea, yeah. 20 million miles to Earth. Yeah. The part that bugs me, though, is just, it seems like it should be taking place somewhere other than Earth, somewhere where they would need to go 20 million miles to Earth. Mm-hmm. Or if it had been 20 million miles from Earth, <laughs> that something came 20 million miles, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I get it just it. seems yeah, like they yeah. had a, a title and uh, that they came up with separate from the movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the opening narrator says, great scientific advances are at times what suddenly accomplished facts before most of us even, even something aware of them. <laughs> uh, breathtakingly... Unexpected, for example, was the searing blast that announced the atomic age. Equally unexpected was the next gigantic something. I couldn't make out what he was saying. When man moved out of his very orbit to a point more than 20 million miles to Earth. See that even in the opening narration, that makes no sense. (laughs) I just, yeah, weird grammar (laughs) in the opening narration. Uh, But we open up on a fishing village in Sicily. There is a couple guys in a boat with a kid who is obsessed with texas yes he is and then a rocket crashes cowboy shit i would say as someone who lives in texas it's not all it's cracked up to be yeah so this rocket crashes and um they all just start rowing away from it and then in one the boat with our main guys in it, it turns back because there might be people alive in there they might need help 
And yeah, there was one line here where he's like, there may be people, and then the, the other guy, he's like a little bit nervous, and he says, what are we, children or men, men of the sea? And I'm like, well, I mean, there is a child in your boat. <laughs> that's so that's true. That's true. But men of the sea have a code about rescuing people who are shipwrecked, and these guys are shipwrecked. So I think they did the right thing. Agreed. And I think it was a good lesson to teach the child. I just thought it was weird that he was like, what are we children? And like, <laughs> well, half of us. Yes. Yeah. There's a great big hole in the ship. Maybe that has something to do with why they crashed. And two men enter and there's lots of steam and they find a dead astronaut and they find a guy still alive with markings on his helmet that say U.S. Air Force. And I thought the first body could be an alien. Yeah. Same. I couldn't tell if it was human or what was happening. And then all of a sudden it, it was just like, oh, OK, they these are humans. Yeah, I thought this movie, like, up to this point, we're, like, seven minutes in here. We're, like, really kicking ass up to uh -huh. this point. Yeah, which it didn't ever, like, go like, terribly wrong. Maybe a few times. But at this point, though, I'm excited. Also, I have I had seen the movie poster, so I knew kind of what the monster was going to look like or whatever. Will uh -huh. Faye, he looked very spicy in the poster. I was like, okay, <laughs> muscles. <laughs> He, he's a spicy monster. I really um, like the design of this monster. Yes, same, 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 same. This boy, though, it. this little... Go ahead. If there were a toy, I would buy it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the monster is great. He is great. Everything, even his, like, um, Hulk Hogan mustache type <laughs> beard thing. I feel like the, the only thing I have to complain about the monster in this movie is the sound that he makes. Okay. And it's like a mixture of like an alarm, a woman screaming, and like some sort of well sound, like all mixed into one. It's just a horrible sound okay. on repeat. But I think if you changed the sound to just like Hulk Hogan's, like, hell yeah, brother, for this monster, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like I am Groot. You know how uh -huh. that's the only thing Groot can say? But yeah. the monster can only say, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> it would have been a way better movie, just saying. Okay, I got distracted. Sorry. I went on That's a rant, okay. a tangent. <laughs> it's quite all right. <laughs> so they find a, a guy alive and they pick him up and drag him out and then uh, get him in the boat. And then Frederico, I think, is his name. Yeah, I think, Go, that, yeah, they call him Rico for short. Goes back in and tells Pepe to start rowing. But then he comes right back out because things start uh, getting worse inside. So he has to get out and he jumps out and swims back to the boat and the spaceship sinks but he is concerned that there must have been more than two people in there based mm -hmm. on the size of the ship and then we cut to some kind of hq trying to monitor the ship but they can't seem to find it or get any kind of signal and all indications are she splashed somewhere right here oh he's doing it it's poor map work because he i wrote down poor map work as I wrote down ghost map work because there's this moment where the general is like trying to find something on this map and this the doctor gets behind him and like puts his arm like around him but over his head very much like um like a ghost like when they're making the pottery in the in the movie ghost <laughs> I was like what the hell is happening right here general Macintosh I did not notice that. Yeah, it was weird. I'm like, what is... I didn't know if it was like a camera thing, like we need you both in this picture, or like what, but it was like, okay. 
Well, I just thought it was poor camera work, a uh, poor map work, because it just kind of waves in the general vicinity of where the thing must have crashed. Uh, but I, I didn't notice them getting all uh, crazy. Yeah, that's very uh, Patrick Swayze there, general. No. Uh, so it's a two-star general and a doctor, and they talk about how they, they made it there and almost made it back, how they were so close. And a call comes in. They get a call telling them that the ship has crashed in off of Italy, and they leave immediately. And we go back to the beach where they're taking care of the man and the commissario, mm-hmm. the commissario comes in. He uh, is the police commissioner of the little bridge. Right. And Pepe, the kid. Oh, this kid. Pepe, this kid. Fi- <laughs> Pepe finds a canister on the beach, clearly labeled United States Air Force Project S. Mm-hmm. And thinks it's a good idea to just take it. Open it go off where no one can see him and open it up. Uh, and they mentioned that the doctor, the town doctor is away for some reason, mm-hmm. but there's an American and his granddaughter from Rome in town. No, not an American, just a doctor. The doctor seems to be Italian. His daughter does, his granddaughter does not seem to be Italian. Mm-hmm. They never address that. It might just be the actors couldn't be bothered. But they are in, <laughs> they are in town in, in their house that they pull behind a car it's a camper, but they seem to, these Italians seem to not understand what a camper is because mm-hmm. they describe it very oddly. So they're going to go see if that guy can help. And Pepe empties the canister. There's some kind of blob. Oh, yeah, like a this canister kind of thing. Is, yeah, this canister is, uh, what, a foot, a foot and a half? Yeah, I think it was And he o- opens it up and dumps this cylindrical sort of glob into and wraps it up in his jacket and then leaves the canister i don't know why he thinks that's a better way to transport it maybe i don't either i'm confused at how many people touch this gooey blob thing and then like Uh touch their face or touch like don't even it's just so strange to me maybe that's like a like with my new covid eyes i don't know but i was like why is everyone (laughs) just like like touching this and then not washing their hands or like carrying, you know, like they're just touching everything right. after they touch this unknown substance. So, oh, I mean, <laughs> but maybe he takes it out because he just wants to hide where it came from. And, but then we cut to uh, Dr. Leonardo. They find him and he, but he is a zoologist. He, he can't help. But his granddaughter is almost a doctor. She can help. So she's studying to be a doctor but maybe she still needs to do her internship or something yeah she still has a year left for whatever reason yeah so they run to the beach and pepe sneaks up and apparently has been selling stuff to dr leonardo because he offers to sell him this thing he wants 200 lira for it so he can buy a hat from texas and pepe is a gangster about it too he's like (laughs) like He's like not even gonna show the zoologist. He's like money first. Let me make sure you got this money. He literally he says, I don't know if he's it's something maybe um in Italian, but he's like, he's show me your purse or something like that. Like, let me see money first. So I was like, Yeah, get it, Pepe. He has done this before. He is a yeah. good salesman. <laughs> So he show he shows him the thing, and the doctor asks where he got it, and he says from the sea, which is really leaving out some important information there. <laughs> yeah. That first, it fell into the sea from a rocket. He has to know it's from this rocket. He can't be confused about where it came from. Right. 
uh, God, this, this damn kid. <laughs> At the hospital, the astronaut waits. So that he agrees, he buys the thing for the 200 lira. Yeah, but also, can we just say that before he goes, he says something to Pepe, the, the zoologist guy, says like, uh, this better be worth my money or I'm coming after you and puts like a finger gun up. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did he just threaten Pepe? <laughs> like, if this Maybe. wasn't worth his money... Maybe he's just trying to play along with his cowboy obsession. Oh, Make that makes way more sense. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, that's a little rude. <laughs> and uh, at the hospital, the astronaut wakes up and tries to wake up the other. I guess it wasn't clear. They actually dragged two guys out of the ship. Yeah. But one of them is much more hurt than the other. And yeah, he tries to wake up the other guy, but he can't. He's much more weird. And this guy just assumes that Marissa, the zoologist's granddaughter, is a nurse. And here's where we find out she has no accents. <laughs> so uh, he tells us this other guy is Dr. Sharman, and that mm-hmm. what, he ha- what he has is fatal. He's dead already. He's not literally dead, but he's you know as good as dead. He's got some kind of growth going on on his skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the first guy does not. So this uh, astronaut knows that whatever c- his condition is, it's going to be fatal. And he yeah. asks, is the anim- animal specimen all right? She doesn't know anything about that, so they think it must have gone down. And then the doctor dies, and Marissa injects the other guy, who we, we still don't know who he is at this point. But he does, the guy, he does wake up for a second before he he dies. Yeah. He wakes up and uh, says like a like a few weird things. Oh, like oh, did we make it? Or are we gonna make it? And he's yeah. like, uh, he's like, we already made it. We're here. And he's like, um, yeah. So so he has like a small interaction with this Doctor Sharman dude before he dies. He has a yeah. few last words. And I guess he gets to find out that he dies on Earth, dies at home. Yeah, so I guess that's com- I suppose that's comforting. Which may be comforting if you yeah. yeah. There's a part here where she the where the man and the woman have this like unpleasant moment. And she says, you better get some sleep. And I'm like, hasn't he been asleep? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't but he been just... sleeping for a while? I mean, yeah, we like waiting for him to wake up. That's just movie answer for everything. Does she tell him in this scene that she's almost a doctor? Yes. Cause he keeps, yeah, he keeps throwing that back in her face. Yeah, because he says, listen, nurse. And she's like, I'm a doctor. Well, almost a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And later he's like, okay, miss, almost a doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They have a very unpleasant relationship for a little bit, for a while, which actually I felt like really made the romance a little bit better, I guess. (laughs) You think? Well, I think, no, I think it just made the storyline, like, it, more intricate. It, it, I don't know. Okay. There was I ended up liking, yeah, like, there was some, like, they have a moment where they, like, have a good open communication and, like, oh, okay, like, now we're going to be human beings right. to each other. But, <laughs> uh, so, back at the camper, Marissa finds a little monster at 22 minutes and 20 seconds. Baby yeah. lizard arms! <laughs> I, and, right here, I was like, okay, Harryhausen, you've really done it in this one, old chap. So she yells for Grandpa. Uh, I wrote gloves. I guess he puts on gloves. Yeah, he asks, um, like, go get gloves. And tells that it came from Pepe and Dr. Fascinated. And he grabs it and puts it in a cage. Like you do. And gives it a blanket. Puts a blanket over, like, half the cage. Marissa says it's so ugly. <laughs> she says I mean, it's so ugly, yet frightened. 
as if you can't be both right. like what like so ugly yet so frightened like she's surprised i was screaming. yeah this poor thing has no idea where it is i and, know but then they just go to bed they're somehow able to do it like oh my gosh it appears to be a completely unknown life form that's humanoid <laughs> it's bipedal standing upright two arms and legs two eyes he looks out. kind of punk he has like a mohawk a mustache and they're just like okay let's go to bed now because <laughs> I would have been up all night studying this thing. And when they wake up in the morning, it has grown. I then... love this monster, y'all. <laughs> He's so cute. They never give it any kind of name, though, do they? No, I call them Lizzie. Lizzie? <laughs> Lizzie, because I mean, guess... he's a little punk, you know, he's I a guess lizard he's, uh, of some sort. Right. I guess he's a Venusian, technically. Oh. The, the doctor goes into town to question Pepe, who has already bought his hat. And he has a set of little wooden toy guns. I'm not sure if he had those before or not. I don't think so. But Pepe sees the doctor coming and hides. Uh-huh. And uh, he's looking for Pepe. And they're like, well, no, no, don't know where he is. Maybe you can talk to him tomorrow. He's like, well, I'm leaving for Rome. And then the seaplane arrives with the general and Dr. Yule. And they go to meet Bob at the hospital. We find out the pilot is named Bob. Bobo. Robert Bob. They congratulate him. They have a private talk in the commissario's office. And then we cut to night and Leonardo is driving off. And the next thing we see, a guy from the Italian Department of State arrives. And this is when we find out that they have returned from Venus. And there's a little uh, Ant Costello schmuck uh, shtick here with... Uh, <laughs> say schmuck? Venice schmuck. <laughs> A little Abbott <laughs> Costello shtick where he thinks they're talking about Venice or Venetia, and he's like, no, no, Venice, Venus, the planet. And here's where I looked it up. The nearest to Earth is 38 million miles. Once again, Harryhausen can't count. He cannot count. But his animation skills <laughs> at this point, yeah. what year are we, 1957, are really yeah. impressive. Yeah. I, I'll have to give it to him. This was definitely be way better. Uh, they tell us the ship was crippled by a meteor, which I guess is where that hole came from. And something on Venus made them all sick. So there's two different problems going on here. There's the creature they brought back with them, but they also got sick while they were there. Mm -hmm. The canister is missing. They must find it. They need to study the specimen to return to Venus. Uh, they think by studying it, I guess, that they can figure out something about the disease so that they can return safely without catching whatever it was. And they must return there because there are important minerals, things they can exploit on Venus, which mm -hmm. you must yeah. do as soon as possible. And they need divers to go look for the canister. And then we cut to Leonardo still driving, and then back to the beach where a bunch of divers are wasting a lot of time because fucking Pepe already has the canister. <laughs> fucking Pepe. And he wants to talk to the fishermen, and he explains that they're looking for this canister. And they will offer a reward of half a million lira. And Pepe, being a little mercenary, <laughs> pipes up. But he's worried that they'll take his hat. Mm -hmm. But he'll tell them, yeah, I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, Maybe because... I guess he just feels like he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, or because he sold, he got the money from the doctor. Like maybe if he ha if they like get the monster back, he has to give the money back. So yeah. he has to like give the hat back. That could be it. But he wants assurances they will not take his hat, and he will speak if they promise he can keep it. 
keep his hat from the great country of Texas. Because Pepe is a, he, money first. He's all about yeah. the business. Yeah. yeah, and so then this fucking kid tries to sell him an empty canister. He knows damn well that it's not the canister they're interested in. It's the contents of the canister. Come on. Yeah, the gooey turd you just carried around like it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody find a bag from the bank? Yeah, here it is. Well, where's all the money that was in it? Oh, you just said a bag from the bank. Ugh. Asshole. <laughs> Asshole. So he tells them that Dr. Leonardo has the contents. And then the general pays him. Yeah, he does. The general seems happy with this transaction. Oh, this is where he calls it a truck with a house that follows like a goat. Is how they describe the camper. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have campers in Italy. So the general pays Pepe, and they race to catch Leonardo. And the canvas has come loose from the cage, and they go to adjust it. Leonardo thinks the creature is a mutation or throwback. He doesn't understand it's an alien. And he has not made has not made the connection to the fucking spaceship. Mm-hmm. He just thinks it's an unrelated Earth mutation. Ugh. Yeah, what a coincidence. So as they're adjusting the tarp, the creature grabs Marissa, and it's you like, mean Screamy McScreamyson? Yeah, it's a uh, man sized now and grabs her through the cage. Uh, I think this part must have been just a guy wearing a, a suit know, of some sort, just a well a sleeve. Yeah, and uh, once it gets out, it's a stop motion again. But I think to grab her through the cage, it was probably just a thing. This is also where I got a good look at Lizzie's junk. Uh, if anyone was wondering, it looks like Barbie or Ken. Yeah. Who's a lizard? They could have things that, you know, tuck up inside, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, huh, weird. He really does look like a doll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he escapes. And she mentions that his claw was hot. It kind of burned her a little bit. I don't think it was enough to leave a mark, but so yeah, he's given off a lot of body heat. And uh, Bob and company arrive, and Bob acts like a jerk. Yeah, like a real douche nozzle. Almost a doctor. Yeah. Leonardo explains about the creature and uh, creature gravy. I don't know what the hell I wrote here. What does it say? It kind of looks like creature gravy, but I know that can't be <laughs> creature. Get <laughs> you know, maybe growing, growing. He explains about the creature growing. <laughs> Creature gravy. <laughs> Bob won't explain anything, and they go look for the creature. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. At the farm, it scares some horses and sheep. And looks like it's going to eat a straggler, but then it hears a dog and goes away from the sound or towards the sound of the dog yeah he goes he goes towards the sound it looks like to me like he's like at first you think like oh shit is he gonna eat the cattle when he sees the cattle then he sees the sheep but he's just kind of looking around like it seems like he's like where the hell am i like where's my family 
like he, he was he was just born here he was like and now he's growing and so i think he's just looking for somewhere to belong like he's just looking for a safe place and like seeing other animals like are you my mom no are you my mom no. <laughs> like that children's book yeah. <laughs> okay but he doesn't he doesn't want to eat any of them though even this like no. straggler he walks away he goes and finds the dog and then i just want to say the dog is doing his job i know he he attacks him you know he's mm. doing his job as a dog yeah. But he doesn't seem violent. He just seems confused. And then he yeah. eats like chicken feet or something. Yeah, I wrote down he eats some grain, but then later on they mention him eating sulfur. So I'm wondering if those bags were supposed to be sulfur. Uh, but I want to know how he is growing so much when he's not taking in any food. They they later say that the uh, the Earth's atmosphere boosts his metabolism somehow. Right, but he still needs fuel to grow. He can't just create mass out of nowhere. Except <laughs> Unless in they're from Venus. Yeah, it happens all the time in these movies. But uh, yeah, it's a, pro a conservation of energy problem. You can't just create something out of nothing. Uh, but he goes, into the he goes into the barn to get away from the dog uh, and scares horses and chickens and then tears up in the bag. He's like, ring. And then the dog attacks and the farmer comes investigating with gun. Uh, and he's Luke. He's Carlo. Carlo, which apparently is the dog. Mm -hmm. Poor dog is hurt, but not dead. Mm -hmm. And then Bob arrives, and the beast is up in the loft. Bob spots it. Bob comes up, so the farmer's in there with his gun, and he's like, oh, "What's going on here?" And there's something behind him. Oh, it's Bob. And Bob sees the creature <laughs> up in the loft and says, uh, "Let's back out quietly. We have to take it alive." Get a cart and a pole. I don't know where this cart with a giant circus cage on the back came from, but they found one and they bring it in. And Bob says it's not ferocious unless provoked. So I guess maybe they encountered some of these while they were on Venus and then mm -hmm. and then stole a larva of one of them. Yes, exactly that. Yes. And so that they could find out how so that they could figure out how they could survive on Venus, how they could breathe or whatever and not get sick. Yeah. And America. <laughs> Bob tries to prod the beast into the cart with a pole and he fails and the farmer stabs it with a pitchfork. And there's a fight and Bob hits it with a shovel and then shoots with a rifle and this beast seems pretty determined to kill the farmer. Uh, yeah. The commissary also shoots and they retreat, shut the barn door, but they don't have anything to bar it from the outside that don't think they just shut it. And the beast breaks out of the back of the, of the barn. It's not clear to me if the farmer is dead. I think so. I, I, I mean, I assumed. I assumed he was dead. There was I never, blood. I never did write down a kill. Oh, no, I do have a death count. Looks like I ticked them off as we go. I don't remember if I was counting the dead astronauts, though. I have a total of nine dead. That can't be right, because there was eight astronauts that were dead, that died. Um, well, no, I don't know if I, I mean the two that we saw dead. This death count isn't all astronauts. This must be one we saw on screen. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see as we go. Uh, let's see. Looks like they took him to Marissa, the doctor. The almost doctor, baby. I guess they took the farmer to Marissa because she's fixed him up and then wants to change Bob's bandage. And is a little bitchy about it, which we can't mm -hmm, blame mm -hmm. her. We can't blame her. Yeah. And But then apologizes, and then Bob admits that he is the one that should be apologizing. He says, if that's an apology, it's heading in the wrong direction. I should be apologizing to you. 
and he wants to take her out to dinner when this is all over. And they have a cute little moment with the bandage, and he talks about candlelight or whatever smooth talk he's got. <laughs> oh, the, so this is where I have the, the, the creature. Notes say creature eats sulfur, and there's Ooh. sulfur near Sicily. I don't know whose notes say that. I guess the doctor that died, Dr. Sharma's notes. At the commissario's office, we're told that the Italian government is no longer going to cooperate because it hurt an Italian, and we just can't have that, so we're going to fucking kill it. And they have a big argument at the commissario's office. And we're told that the creature is susceptible to electrical shocks. Give me a helicopter and paratroopers, and we can drop an electrical net on it. I think this is Bob's idea. Yes. And they tell him, well, okay, you can try that if you can do it before anybody else gets hurt. And we see police with dogs tracking the creature and copters getting prepped. And one of them has a net that's going to just hang for the copter. The beast is even bigger at this point. And they chase it to a waterfall. The police shoot it and they use a flamethrower. It sets bushes on fire. Yeah. And the creature's at the sulfur pits. And the helicopter drops some sulfur as bait. I don't know why that's going to work if he's already at the sulfur pits. Why is your little pile of sulfur going to help? Yeah, and why are you setting everything on fire? <laughs> the chopper hovers low and what looks like stock footage of soldiers with weapons getting out of... This is a, a one of those sort of army transport helicopters. Mm -hmm. And lands soldiers with boxes unload. They unload boxes from the helicopter. But yeah, there was something about the quality of the footage that made it look like this is stock footage of real army guys, not something they filmed in the movie. Mm. They drop the net and catch the creature. So this is weird. The net is not already electrified. Yeah. They just they drop the net and soldiers run up and stake it to the ground and then they hook up some kind of battery arrangement and shock the beast. Yeah. Um, which seemed risky, but it, it worked. Yeah, they only had one shot and they did it. Cut to the American embassy. There's reporters are having a big press conference. Yeah, we um, find out that Izzy is in a fucking zoo. The president has authorized the general to release the full story. A rocket went to Venus with 17 men and on return flight plunged into the sea and there's only one survivor. And a monster from Venus held captive here. And they will select three reporters from the press corps to go to the zoo to observe the monster and they will share the story with everyone else. Right. And they, they, they also mention they need to study to be able to study the creature to be able to survive on Venus. Mm -hmm. So at, at the zoo, the reporters see the creature and they talk about it growing because of Earth's air. And Dr. Right. Dr. Which he's like snoozing here. Whenever they first yeah. said that he was in the zoo, I imagine like, you know, like little snot nosed kids like smooshing their little faces <laughs> on glass and like looking at the creature. But he's like in some sort of like lab and being yeah. studied just to clear that up. Right. He's strapped down to some giant table. So maybe they yeah. just thought the zoo's, the zoo's um, medical facilities would be able to deal with something that big. Yeah, maybe uh, so. I also like right here how they made sure uh, that the monster, even though he's like strapped down, like his chest is moving. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, Ariel, I'll see you. And Dr. Blankford? Uh, <laughs> who is an expert anesthesiologist, is keeping the monster asleep. Okay. And Dr. Kiroku assists Dr. Yule. They tell us the creature's olfactory system is more highly developed than anything on this planet. I don't know that this comes into play at any point. It doesn't. It doesn't, <laughs> which is weird, because I was I thought it would because he said he's like specifies that the creature has no lungs and no heart. 
Yeah, which is why they have such a hard time killing it, because there's no vital organs. It's just sort of, I don't know, spongy all over. Yeah. So Dr. Leonardo is now part of the project. This is another situation that we've seen in many of these movies now, where just because somebody was there, they just keep moving up the chain. As the story moves forward. And get incorporated into whatever stage the project is in. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's a zoologist. Probably good to have him on board. But... Yeah, just because he was there, he's now officially part of this project. And Marissa yep. and Bob are very friendly now. There's some very f- friendly. She, she wore a pearl necklace. <laughs> Seriously, she is uh, wearing a pearl necklace. <laughs> she says something about her latest nightmare about Dark Cafe. He said something earlier when he was talking about taking her out about a Dark Cafe and Candlelight. And then she says something about her latest nightmare involving a Dark Cafe and pretty soon the candle will burn out which is a pretty weird way of saying when are you gonna ask me out yeah she's like time is running out this candle is burning yeah but (laughs) and i had a nightmare about it though that's just just weird i guess the nightmare the nightmare is that the candle will go out before we have a chance to have our date Mm mm-hmm yeah, that we're going to be, uh, aliens are all going to come and... That distresses me so much that we won't out that I characterize it as a nightmare. Yeah, awkward. So they tell us the creature has a respiratory filter that blocks poisonous vapors. Which Venus is full of. And we've been able to replicate it. So that's useful, I guess. One of the reporters asks about a rumor that gunfire doesn't affect it. And that's when he tells us it has no organs. Just a series of small tubes all through his body, so bullets can't hurt it. But yeah, I guess everything's just sort of a spongy kind of thing, and and, um, you can't hurt one section of it enough to make the whole body shut down. Mm -hmm. There's no major organs to damage. Which, as far as beasts go and monsters go in these movies, I will say chef's kiss. (laughs) Some piece of equipment is being moved up to the platform. Mm-hmm. Not clear why, why it wasn't already in place, but it hits a light and everything gets fucked up. Somehow they were using electrical current to keep the creature sedated. Mm-hmm. And when this happens, the current gets cut off. Yeah, and he starts groggily waking up. And the power's gone everywhere uh, outside. or outside, excellent. I think he's saying, let's get outside. Mm-hmm. Bob has to go back for Marissa. Because apparently everybody left but her. She's the only one who isn't able to get out for some reason, so he goes back for her. And the beast breaks out. Breaks through a wall, just Kool-Aid mans through it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And somebody yells, get that elephant out of there. But the elephant is ready for a fight. Yeah, which was confusing to me because elephants aren't aggressive. (laughs) Uh, I think they can be if you um, scare them or... Star. I mean, elephants kill people sometimes. Well, I mean, because of their size, sure. But it just was weird that the elephant was like, "Yeah, let's go." Right. And yeah. He just like, charges, "Hell yeah, brother!" Charges right at him, and they fight. And the real elephant turns into a stop motion elephant. So that. Yeah. And yeah. some reporter moves in for a picture, and he and the zookeeper are crushed by the falling elephant. So there's two of our deaths right there. Get these people out of here, and there is just Panic at the Zoo, my uh, favorite band, Panic at the Zoo. It's your favorite band? Yes, that's my favorite band, Panic at the Zoo. <laughs> Good to know. The fight moves into the street. Bob calls in for help. Uh, I wrote lots of makeup. 
I noticed during this phone call, we get a close-up of Bob's face, and he is wearing a lot of makeup. Ooh, Bobbo. Just noticed it, like Star Trek levels of, of makeup. Damn it. <laughs> the general says, get reports back to me if you can, and then orders tanks and artillery immediately. And there's more fight, more panic. Some people running past when they should be going the other way. Yeah. Did you also think to yourself in this moment, like, we already know how to catch Lizzie because we already did it in a few scenes ago. Remember no. when we had the net and yeah. we did the thing and that, like, worked. So what the fuck are we doing now? <laughs> running around like we don't know how to do this. Second of all, I thought that the monster looked way bigger on the table. And then, like, through this whole, like, elephant fight, I'm realizing, like, uh, sure, an elephant's big, but I don't know. I just thought he was bigger. Um, well, and this guy I, was like, oh. I mean, in a lot of these movies, they're inconsistent with the size of the creature. Yeah. So it could have been a mistake. But yeah, yeah I the just worst know, part. <laughs> I just noticed there were people running from the, you know, left of the screen to the right of the screen past the monster when they should have <laughs> just been running the other direction. Away from it. <laughs> yeah. If they had just run the other direction, they wouldn't have had to go past it so that was just i don't know some weird blocking beasts bites the uh trunk and the neck of the elephant uh is he dead almost he's still breathing so it looks like the elephant survives the doc takes thor to embassy that makes no sense i don't know but at this part when the after the elephant uh marissa marissa yeah she runs up to the guy to bob and says it's on one of the side streets. And he says, yeah, I know. I can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. You guys are so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) So the beast is tearing shit up and Bob rams it with a car and then Mm -hmm. runs and hides and runs around and calls into report. And it disappeared into the Tiber. Yeah. Will hand grenades force it out? It's worth trying. So uh, a unit... There's a unit across the street from you. So then mm-hmm, we see yeah. soldiers soldiers on the bridge throwing grenades into the river, two locations, and Bob and the general are talking, communicating. And the beast pops up out of the water and roars, and the soldiers run. It's even Surprise, bigger now. Surprise! Shout <laughs> It's even bigger now. And then it starts pushing up from under the bridge and yeah. crack, cracks up the bridge. Yeah, and, and at the- this part, this guy gets out of his car. This guy opens the door and he says, Whoa! <laughs> like it's just this one small <laughs> small part just one guy getting out of a car like whoa and then like next moment it's hilarious it's headed towards the coliseum which is a thing we like to do in these movies have the monster go to a landmark of some kind so they of can course. so they can tear it up the soldiers at the coliseum beast comes shoot shoot no good <laughs> tank with a flamethrower Beast knocks down some columns. The soldiers hit it, but it's no good. Beast climbs the Coliseum, and then they lose track of it in the Coliseum, and they can't find it until the Beast throws some stones. I think he hits somebody with a stone. Yeah. Bob acquires a bazooka, misses two times, three times. Bazooka Bob. Get shit together. <laughs> Beast is at the top of the Coliseum. Tanks and guns, but everyone just waits, and he takes down two men with one stone. We get not quite a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> and the big gun shoots him and seems to have some effect. And fi- Bob finally hits it with the bazooka. Beast falls down. Oh, I'm hit. Oh. It starts to fall. Tank shoots and breaks off a piece of the wall. And then the beast falls to his death. 
And it does seem to be about King oh. Kong, about King Kong's size at this point yeah. when it hits the ground. Uh, Bob and Marissa go to each other. And Dr. They see Yule, each other from across the street. Yeah. Dr. Yule says, Why is it always, always so costly for man to move from the present to the future? The end. The end. I don't know that that's the best closing line. They were trying to be very poignant, but I don't think it's the best one we've had so far. Yeah, I was I was going to ask, does this movie have any like political agenda way that King Kong was rumored to have or has? Do you know? We talked about how it was like there it was uh, maybe a symbol of like aggressive oh, yeah, yeah. airy black men right. and right. did this right. movie have any sort of like that I don't think so because he is very lizard like so I mean he's sort of man shaped but he's not the same kind of coating that um yeah that's what I'm asking call. I guess the reason I ask is because um I saw a review for this movie and someone had made a thing like hard to ignore the uh man, I wish I would have saved it. Hard to ignore the I don't know what words they use, but it was like political, like the undertones, like the, okay. the well, symbolism. I guess you could argue that he presents immigrants since he comes here from somewhere else, although he is brought here against his will. Yeah. And he's brought to Italy, not to America. Right. Uh, I wasn't sure. And, I just and the only reason Right. And the only reason it's set in Italy is because Harryhausen wanted a vacation, not because Italy is some, you know, political statement yeah. made about right. Italy. But I suppose you could see it as an immigrant sort of coming in and tearing shit up. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think that analysis really holds up. Though. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Also, um, you know, there were there were people of color in this movie, but still no black people. The only time that we have seen black people, they have been portrayed terribly so far. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, so by I thought, people of color, you mean Italians? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Italians... Italians... Italians, depending on the context, are sometimes treated as white and sometimes as if they're not. Right, so they're right. Like sem- semi-white. Yeah, passing. They can pass as white. <laughs> well, still, we, we have the... Um, you know, the white guy is still the hero of the movie. The little boy who looks brown um, wants to be from Texas... So I feel like there is still those like things. We're still obviously in the 50s because mm-hmm. you can like see these things. But I just I right. read that review and I was like, oh, I wonder if there is some sort of and I figured that you would know if there was. It didn't seem like anything overt to me, but if you can find that and send it to me later, I'll take a look at it. Cool. And that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to join us throughout the month of October for the 31 Days of Horror Marathon that i will be undertaking i'll have some special guests for that and then honeybee will join me at the end of the month for a special halloween episode be sure to join us for all of that as always we will not see you but you will hear us next time on monster movie fun time go You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Fun time go!